podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. to the 5.9 Extra podcast here at Selhurst where Palace have drawn 2-2 with Bournemouth. We're in the players' area a bit. We might get booted out in a minute because they're going to get their food, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'll sponsored. Thank you very much. Sponsored. <laughs> sponsored by uh, Miranda James Photography for professional, unique photography of weddings and more. Go to mirandajamesphotography.co.uk. And I'm joined by the two Johns. It's John Curran from JCIS. Hello. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And it's my dad, a.k.a. JD Senior, um, second time on the pod. Well, third, actually. Oh, is it? Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Now, the reason I've got you back on is because we had you on for the Swansea game. Yes. Uh, which was uh, Frank's second home game, last home game, it turned out, and we were in absolute shambles. To d- since then, on that pod, you said, I, Rob and I have a bit of a meltdown, and you were saying, it's going to be all right, things are going to turn around. Now, obviously, today has been a frustrating game, but since then, has it kind of gone the way you expected? Yes. But I thought it would be with a different manager at that point. With Frank? With Frank. Yes, I, as we said at that, on, at, on, on that occasion, we felt they, the team lacked confidence in, in what they were doing. And as Frank said, they, they lacked courage. They were confused. Uh, we've now got Roy and, what's his name? Lewinson. Ray Lewington. Yeah, Ray Lewington, sorry. Um, they've given them organisation. And there's a level of confidence on the ball which is as good as we ever seen, I think. Well, there was certainly... I mean, John, uh, JCS... Oh, how am I going to do this? Uh, you'll be JC, you'll be JD. Okay. That's a good one. Um, th- they were knocking it around at the back a lot today, almost more than we did under Frank, weren't they? I... I can't... <laughs> I'm still getting over the penalty, to be honest with you. No, um, I think we did, but I mean, I thought in the first half, we, we looked disjointed. I, I thought there were times when players visibly did not know what they were supposed to be doing there was that classic thing where you know Zaha went out of games but then if you look at the defensive display in the first half and watch if we can re-watch Sacco's injury that was came about because he was put under pressure because he didn't release the ball he went back and forth goodbye he had to twist they just put him under pressure and he twisted his knee by the looks of it so I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I thought Schlupp had a great game I thought Tompkins has ever had a great game Agreed. I wasn't really overwhelmed by the first well, by the defensive display um, but it was, we are a confidence team. Confidence is where it comes back. And, and I was sitting next to JD today, and uh, you're right, in the first half, disjointed. But when we got those two goals, or even when we got the first goal, we suddenly looked 
so much more confident and the passing was better we were taking people on like I, I know it's the same for a lot of teams probably but we are a team that really thrives on just having that that oomph that confidence definitely yeah you're right I mean, it, as I said we were saying it during the game and it was so evident in fact in the second half from the moment we got the goal and into the second half we just looked more comfortable on the ball and we, t- we attempted more and I think our passing was a bit more accurate although we got a bit frustrated at times didn't we, with some of the passes that were unnecessary Okay, well, speaking of frustrations then, let's get to the penalty, because obviously that. so, li- I mean, literally 10 minutes ago, Palace were awarded a last-minute penalty. It was de- fat Wolf in the box, 100% a foul. Lucas already scored a penalty in the game, a really well-taken one to make it one all, and he steps up to take it, and, and Benteke tries to take it off him. Now, JC, Benteke, obviously no goals this season, desperate for a goal. This is not the situation for him to try and get one, though, is it? A 2-2 last minute. It, it was absolutely ridiculous. I, I, I was I was amazed. It isn't that, that Lucas scores up. He's our penalty taker. If we were 3-0 up and we got a penalty and, and Benteke hadn't scored, then fair enough. Take, absolutely right. Couldn't agree more. And, and then the other thing is I looked over onto the touchline and they were going absolutely berserk with anger that Benteke... You know, this is a £30 million player, right? This is a player who was, has been out injured. The, other, the, the rest of the team have had to really graft and graft and graft. And he had probably his best game for us for a while, right? And then he decided to do that. And I'm thinking, is that a team player? We're, we're in the bottom three. What we need is team performances. This was... I, I, I'm, I'm absolutely disgusted that that happened, actually. I must admit, I haven't thought it from, from, from that angle of, of being a team player, but I think you're absolutely right. It does... You wonder... Uh, what the others are saying to him now and how, how they're going to feel about him in the future. You're right, he played really well. He, he put on two really good assists that weren't taken. Um, and I, he really worked hard and he ran and he ran. So it's frustrating that he should have done it, but even more frustrating that he took the ball off uh, Luca. You know, and like you, I just can't understand why they let him get away with it. What was Dan doing? He's the captain on the pitch. You know, he took over the armband. He should have started and said no. I remember a couple of seasons ago, I think it was Gale was the penalty taker, and I think Yedinak was either playing, came back into the team, and we got a penalty, and Yedinak was going to take it, and Delaney stormed forward and grabbed Gale, going, no, he takes the penalties. He's the one. You keep the structure. Yes. This was, this was uh, I'm really shocked. And I think, you know, if we, if we do go down, which I don't think we will, we can, we can come back to this game, and that last minute, and that last penalty. And the trouble is, it's, Bloody Bournemouth again, who we haven't beaten here. Well, I mean, I, th- I think the, the big, it isn't just about Bournemouth. I thought they, they're such a tidy team. Every player knows how to play the ball. In the first half, hardly any of their passes went astray. You know, it's, you know Frank Dubois, every pass has to have a message. That, that, you know, we saw, we saw. But if we look at this, we, know, we look at Brighton, we look at West Brom, now we look at Bournemouth. Three draws. You know, three draws, and one of those games we, ha- you know, we have to win. Yeah, I agree. This is not good enough. Well, it, it puts pressure on those other games. Now we've got Watford on Tuesday, and Watford, you know, arguably a better with, with, team than Bournemouth. Without Sacco and Kabai, probably. Without Sacco and Kabai, it puts yeah. pressure on. But it was John uh, JC. Um, it was a good performance today from Palace, wasn't it? Really? I mean, it, well, they I th- probably deserved three points. Well, I, I, I thought in the first half it wasn't a good performance. I mean, we did really well to get back and get two goals, and that's fantastic. I was thinking we need to go into the first in half-time level, yeah. <laughs> well, we did. But I mean, yeah. but I, I thought we did play extremely well in the second. I don't think we were clinical enough in the second half, to be honest with you. I 
I don't think we had chance after chance. We got into their box, but you're we right. We, we, we created situations without creating too many chances. Yeah, and we've had this all season. The other thing is, I mean, these, these are the tactics. We look like the away team. We were waiting to break them and play them on the counter, and that's kind of how we were playing, and that's fine. And it, it kind of really worked. But um, you know, again, we just it didn't feel that we were clinical. You know, and what can I offer you, you a suggestion then? You know, since Benteke has come back into the team, and yesterday was, was his best performance, but do we look? Have we looked more clinical in those games when Benteke hasn't actually been playing, and, and it's been those two false nines? Good point. I'm not sure. I'm not sure at all. I feel that we're better off with him because I think his presence um, occupies those central defenders. I know you'd say, well, we had Wilfen and Townsend um, and they, they get past the, the two central defenders but you've got to get the ball and to give Benteke his due he got that ball when it came up in the air a, a good, good percentage of the time so I think overall I'd want him there whether we're more clinical with him or less clinical with him there I'm not sure. I don't think it's a great deal in it. Uh, I mean, I, I think we've got, you know, number one, we've got no option. You have to play with a striker. But he is, you know, I mean, but, but the things I think he ha- he brings something else to the team. I still want to see Zaha play out wide. All, all the, I mean, OK, we got the penalty in the first half with Zaha running through on the flick, flick on. But most of the threats came with Zaha out. You know, on the width. And actually, Loftus-Cheek, I thought, was excellent in the second half. However, it was because he was running the players into the middle. And this is, and I think Roy's just going to have to take this and play a balanced t- balanced system. At the moment, I don't, still don't think it's that balanced. We've, well, we've lost the sheet more, cent- more centrally. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're missing that n- number 10. I mean, I, I, I'd love to see him play off Benteke. Yeah. Yeah. You know, powerful, tall, big. Um, but, but as we noted during the game, and we remember on Match of the Day, they commented after the Stoke game, how uh, Loftus-Cheek seems to shadow... Uh, Wilf around the pitch they're very often quite close together it's almost as though it's a plan Um, and sometimes they do do very well with it but I agree with you it means that Loftus-Cheek seems to be a little bit too far away from the from Benteke effectively and yes I I would agree I think he might be more effective he's got the bulk and he he does hold the guys off doesn't he he's he's got a little spin he's very good at sort of spinning the ball and his first touch is great a few times we broke and he gets the ball and you want him to turn towards goal and with one touch he's spun and we're, and we're off. Yeah, yeah. But it's just frustrating because we've got these such talented players going forward and we are creating chances but why are we a bit sort of lacking that cutting edge up top, John? I'm, I don't know. I, I'm a great believer in competition that if you're a striker and there's another striker on the bench you're going to, you know, that there's a mindset there that you're well, going to It works for Joe Ward, doesn't it? It works for Joe Ward, you know, and... I mean, even to a certain extent, you know, you had Sacco coming on for Townsend and actually vision-wise was fantastic, I thought. Yeah. You know, so you need this thing. Now, it's not Benteke's fault that we haven't pay- we didn't buy two or three other strikers, but I think he needs that. And it's not his fault that the two nice assists that he put out today weren't taken. I mean, exactly. I, I still would like to see whether Dan could do it a second time over the bar. Oh, I bet yeah, you he was, couldn't. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that was crazy. Just... We all knew Scott Dan would score, though, today. Right. As soon as he came on, I put a five run in scoring, so that was the easiest money I've ever made. Um, anyway, let's, let's take a break. Let's hear what Roy Hodgson said to reporters after that game today here at Celeste. Do you want me to... Shorten this press conference by answering all your questions very simply. Huh? You know, were they penalties? I guess so, because the referee gave them. And what's more, when you're in the penalty area running up defenders as often as we were during the 90 minutes, 
it's not terribly surprising that there's a, a penalty or two given because apart from the two that he did give, we were actually appealing for several others. Secondly, why did Benteke take the penalty and not Luka Milivojevic? Well, I don't know the answer to that one. You know, we, we expected Luka to take it. He's our designated penalty taker. But for some reason, Christian persuaded him that it should be me this time and I'm going to take it. And he did have missed it. And the third thing, people are talking about an altercation with a, a, a fan. There was no altercation. The fan actually asked me a question I was trying to answer, which I thought was a valid question. Why did you tell Benteke to take the last penalty? And I actually answered, we didn't. <laughs> that, was, that was what it is. Now, if you want my assessment of the game, I thought we were, we were good throughout. I thought our attacking play was outstanding. I thought Zahar was out of this world today with Ruben Loftus-Cheek not far behind. I thought we created enough chances and monuments in the game to score half a dozen goals. And the two goals we conceded, pardon me, the second one was obviously a soft one by our standards, and the first one shouldn't have been allowed because, because I think it was uh, uh, one of our defenders. I don't know it was, whether it was Tim... Some people say it was Tim Fosu-Mensa, some say Jeff Shalhoub. I'd have to look at it on the video, which I've not done was actually held so that Defoe could get free and score the goal. So, if you've got anything else you want to ask me, please go ahead. Yeah, um, if I may. Going back to the, uh, the penalty at the, in the in time added on, um, now that uh, you say you, you thought Luka Milivojevic was going to take it, now that Christian's missed three penalties for Palace in the last year... Four, I believe. Four, thank you. Would you perhaps uh, tell him that he's not going to take the next Yeah, one? Oh, I think he's been told that already, but... Uh, and I'm not so certain that the next time there's a penalty, after you know missing the one which has deprived us of two very valuable and very deserved, in my opinion, extra points today, I can't really imagine him racing to the ball to pick it up the next time. Was he very apologetic to the rest of his team? Or? I think he's stunned. I think he's shocked. I think he's very disappointed. I must add, I thought he played well. That was the best I've seen him play in a, in a Crystal Palace shirt, the best I've seen him play in a Palace shirt. I've only got eight or nine games behind me, so I don't have a massive <laughs> sample to go on, but I thought that he, he did play well today. His hold-up play was good, his flick-ons were good, he, he did the work we were doing. So it's a, it's a great disappointment for me that he couldn't crown that performance with a goal, and rather than crown the performance, in actual fact, he's put himself really in a, in a bit of a black hole as far as the Palace supporters are concerned because they expected him to score it. Uh, are you concerned about his confidence? Because he looked like he was booed off at the end of the game. Well, the only reason he was booed off at the end of the game, and that's an, another, for me, fairly you know, obvious question to which there could be an obvious answer. Um, I think he was booed off because the fans, having seen us work as hard as we did second half, swarm around their penalty area as we did in the second half create the sort of chances and half chances as we did in the second half when the referee blew that penalty with about two minutes to go the fans were thinking here we go we've won it and when the guy then who misses who takes the penalty misses it I'm afraid he'll have to accept that he'll be booed off the field that's uh, that's not just Crystal Palace that's anywhere around the world anyone thank you very much then
back to the Five Year Plan podcast. Extra here at Stellas Park with Palace have drawn 2-2 with Bournemouth. This podcast is sponsored by Miranda Jane Photography. For professional, unique photography of weddings and more, go to mirandajanephotography.co.uk. Um, right, so Roy Hodgson there talking to reporters after that game. If I was Roy, I'd be a very, very frustrated man today because I, I, I saw a few fans shouting a few sort of booing actually as I walked up I don't know if they were booing Roy or the ref or whatever but there was a few fans sort of pointing and shouting at Roy but I don't really know what more could he have done today with his setup, JC what more could he have done I, I mean I, I don't think there is more than it. actually you know the, fun, the interesting thing is the team we started with is the strongest team 11 that we've had this is the first time we've actually started with it uh, you know I thought in the first half again it was disjointed the only thing I, I would just think about is, is what we talk about put out Wilf out wide yeah. and I think Schlupp will work so much better with Wilf if, if it was just the two of them I think you know and that's the only thing I would su- suggest otherwise you know we're, we're looking we're looking alright but yeah. it's alright yeah. we're not looking yeah, and, and to be fair their equalising goal was almost a fluke I mean he just as you said he just knocked it over his head and yeah. Um, Dan might have made half a mistake uh, Speroni he couldn't do anything about it how could you expect someone to knock a ball accurately into about the only square foot he could have done over the back of the head like that I mean so you can say in a way we lost the points not only to the penalty but also to a slightly fluky goal well, it was a well taken goal he didn't even I mean, look he was a well people, he knew what he was doing people around me stood up and applauded yeah. it, 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 I, I, I think it was that good I, I think there's some other issues as well it's I mean I'm Sacco went, you know, going off injured. I still think I'm, I'm kind of interested why he looks so uncomfortable on the ball now, yeah. per se. Dan comes on, and I thought Dan did great score to go. But, you know, he two or three times he passed the ball long to players who were obviously offside. Yep. You know, and he's he continuously wasting the ball. And well, yeah, I, I made that comment as well. And I think one of his problems, he was playing on the left-hand side and he kept on finding the ball going to his yeah. left foot. He couldn't, so he had to go back on the other foot. He'd lost a bit of time. And he then... I think almost in frustration was knocking it long, and I agree with you. Some of the times he didn't really look what he was doing. Yeah. Although the rest of his game was, was fine. It was un, un, unremarkable. Yeah. Well, I think Luke and Tompkins and Zaha were were, were excellent. Yeah. Um, oh, I yeah. thought Tom, Luke, Luke, Luke was great. Yeah. Luca is just game by game now. Apart from, he does have a tendency to give the ball away. Uh, yes, he, he sort gives of away panics some, yeah. sometimes, those little yeah. short passes. Like when he's got a bit of time, he can find someone. And at reading the game, I don't think we've had a defensive midfielder who's so good at reading the ball and nipping it off people in, in that kind of final third area. He's so good. But he gives the ball away sometimes. And the thing is, when you do that, and Schlupp did it again today, like Schlupp had a great game, but again gives it away sometimes, that pressure goes from the fans, doesn't it? And, it does, and, that, does. T- and that tension goes on to the players. Yeah, I'm sure it does. It sure does. And it's... It is frustration, basically, when simple things like that aren't done the way they should be. And you, you think professional footballers shouldn't make mistakes like that, but I agree with you. Well, yeah, I think you said when, when Benteke had a chance in the first half, his first chance on his left foot and drilled it in, and it was a good save, and you went, well, it was a difficult chance. And I recounted that my, my brother always says, well, professional footballers shouldn't have a weaker foot. They're professional, yeah. and certainly when it's a £20 million striker, should really still be having a crack with his left foot and scoring goals. Is it 20 million or 30 million? Oh, what did I say, 20? I think it is near 30. Yeah, let's give him another 10. <laughs> but maybe, maybe it's a confidence yeah. thing in Benteke. What's 10 million between friends? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that there's nothing I noticed which I was delighted that Fossil Mensa played. I was surprised he didn't, in the first half, push up more. I thought that allowed Bournemouth to, to play their game. 
actually so fast and I think better attacking player but I, I don't think there was much difference between him and Ward actually and that's credit to Ward where he's come from you know and how, how, how much he's developed my other concern is for I mean Tuesday just jumping is if Kabai is out McCarthy is, gets lost and this would be a big big argument then you play Loftus-Cheek in the middle it's an option now if Kabai's yeah, not playing it, it has I mean I, I don't think McCarthy should be seen as the default go-to person in, in, in that way yeah, well, as you and I said, um, maybe Riderwald should be the one who should be in the long term. We like Jairo in there. Yeah, as the replacement for Kabai, but I, I don't believe Roy will do that on Tuesday. He doesn't seem like a Roy sort of player. How are we feeling then about... Because about, are we, what, halfway through this run now of games where we said we've got to start getting wins from these? Yeah. And, we, and we are unbeaten in this run. You we've know, got, we are we've picking got up six points. points now in the run. Yeah. So we beat Stoke. We've got three. We're unbeaten in about 100 games. Yeah. You know, that's good. We've got two at home in four games, five, five games in a row yeah. for the first time yeah. ever. So. Benteke's due. <laughs> We've been saying that for ages. <laughs> Benteke's due. Um, I think that the, the aim is to get to January, as we've always said, where we can spend some money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought actually that, you know, Spoloni did fine, but there isn't that presence. Yeah, we, 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 he, he didn't make a mistake for either of the goals. He yeah. couldn't have done anything about them. Um, but it doesn't seem very good for a Premiership team to be relying on one goalkeeper. Who, who, I don't think Hennessy's that bad, but he's not good enough. And a 38-year-old. Uh, yeah. It just. Although you know, planning. I still think Roy brings up the 38-year-old thing quite a lot, and I still think Julian. You know, we say keepers come into their prime later on, don't they? And I still think he does well. And you know, there's there's rumours that in training he's still one of the best, even at 38. So I understand your point there, but he's uh, he hasn't let Palace down since he's come back. He definitely hasn't let us down since he's come back. Without doubt. Okay, good stuff. All right, well, thanks, guys. Uh, another frustrating post-match uh, pod, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you to everyone who's commented on these pods, by the way. There's some really good feedback on the extra pods, and we really appreciate it. So we'll keep them going as much as possible. Hopefully, there'll be an extra pod after the Watford game, depending on how the result goes. <laughs> and there's no full pod this week, and then there'll be an extra pod after the Leicester game as well. And then we've got two more pods left for the rest of the year, which is crazy. Um, so, JD, thanks for coming back on. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> JC. Thank you, JD Jr. <laughs> JD Jr. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back with you very soon. Uh, keep the faith up the palace. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Sports Social Podcast Network.